Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Monday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, literally Heather. I apologize for not putting an episode out last week. I had an abscessed tooth and then I had to have it extracted. So I am back, hopefully, for good. (laughs) Um, Sometimes life just happens, ma'am. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for their big Super Bowl win yesterday evening. Um, I was rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, but that is because that's who my daughter picked to win. So... Um, congratulations to Mahomes and the Chiefs for their big win. Uh, so I was originally going to wait to come back on Tuesday because still recovering a little bit and was up late because of the game, but there was a lot of news over the weekend. So I figured I should maybe come back today. It will probably be a shorter episode, but I did want to discuss a couple things. The first story that I want to talk about is the one that very few people are discussing, and it seems to be a really big deal. And when I say very few people are discussing it, like if you go to Google right now and you type in the name of, so you type in like East Palestine, uh, Ohio train derailment or something like that, like the most recent articles that you can find are like one to two days, maybe even like four days old. Like there's not a lot of like follow-up reporting on this. On February 3rd, about 50 cars derailed in East Palestine at about 9 p.m. Eastern Time. The train was carrying a variety of products from Madison, Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania. Uh, Norfolk Southern is the railway that was operating the train. There was no immediate information about what caused the derailment. No injuries or damage to structures were reported. Norfolk Southern said 20 of the more than 100 cars were classified as carrying hazardous materials, defined as cargo that could pose any kind of danger, including flammables, combustibles, or environmental risks. Michael Graham, who is a member of the National Transportation Safety Board, said that 14 cars carrying vinyl chloride were involved in the derailment and have been exposed to fire. And at least one is intermittently releasing the contents of the car through a pressure release device as designed. Vinyl chloride is used to make polyvinyl chloride hard plastic resin used in a variety of plastic products. Um, It's associated with increased risk of liver cancer and other cancers, according to the federal government's National Cancer Institute. Federal officials said that they were also concerned about other possibly hazardous materials. Graham said the safety board's team would concentrate on gathering perishable information about the derailment of the train, which had 141 load cars, nine empty cars, and three locomotives. State police had aerial footage, and the locomotives had forward-facing image recorders as well as data recorders that could provide such information as train speed, throttle position, and brake applications. Train crew and other witnesses will also be interviewed. 
Village officials warned residents that they may hear explosions due to the fire. They said drinking water was safe despite discoloration due to the volume being pumped to fight the blaze. Some runoff had been detected in streams, but rail officials were working to stem that and prevent it from going downstream. The Ohio River, mind you, is one of the largest rivers in the United States, and I think that's the third largest, maybe, um, and connects directly to the Mississippi River and all of those distribution uh, tributaries. So it's it's a pretty important river. And East Palestine is at the very beginning of the Ohio River. On top of that fun fact, there were three more chemicals that were on the Norfolk Southern train, and apparently those chemicals are dangerous. Uh, The quote from Silverado Caggiano, who is a hazardous materials specialist, said, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. The U.S. EPA sent a letter to Norfolk Southern stating that ethylene glycol monobutyl ether, ethyl hexyl acrylate, and isobutylene were also in the rail cars that were derailed, breached, and or on fire. Cagiano says ethyl hexyl acrylate is especially worrisome. He says it's a carcinogen and contact with it can cause burning and irritation in the skin and eyes. Breathing it in can irritate the nose and throat and cause coughing and shortness of breath. Isobutylene is also known to cause dizziness and drowsiness when inhaled. I was surprised when they quickly told the people, yeah, you can go back home but then said if they feel like they want their homes tested, they can have them tested. I would have far rather they did all the testing, Cagiano said. He said it's possible some of these chemicals could still be present in homes and on objects until they get them thoroughly cleaned. There's a lot of what-ifs, and we're going to be looking at, at this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line and wondering, hmm, gee, Cancer clusters could pop up, you know. Well, water could go bad. Um, Cagiano recommends anyone in the East Palestine area should get a health checkup. Get it on record where your health stands now so that moving forward, you'll have documented any effects possibly related to the train derailment. That's comforting, isn't it? Hey, go get a checkup so you can sue the government in 10 years when your body's riddled with cancer. Residents are unsure of whether or not it's safe to return to their homes after officials did a controlled release of the vinyl chloride. Um, The trepidation seems unsurprising because vinyl chlorine is very toxic. The smoke plume generated from the release could be seen for miles. It changed the color of the sky, making the area look like it had been augmented by CGI. It also seems very reasonable given the area reportedly has become hostile to other forms of life, with residents reporting that their pets are dying unusually and spotting dead fish floating through rivers nearby. Still, local officials have said it is now safe to return. Federal and local officials have told residents that the water is safe to drink and that the air is clean. They note that expert reviews of air quality show nothing threatening or concerning in the air. People in East Palestine probably feel like they haven't been given a lot of information because they haven't been given a lot of information. 
besides being told that cancerous vinyl chlorine could be released into the air or would be released into the air, the Environmental Protection Agency and the National Transportation Safety Board have not yet released a full list of chemicals that could have been released in the crash. Earlier in the week, Norfolk Southern, which is a company that does over $9 billion a year in revenue, that has a market capitalization of $55 billion and $456 million in liquid assets, pledged a $25,000 donation to the local Red Cross, along with promises to assist. Another gift option, the company fought against union efforts that advocated for safer working conditions, aimed at preemptively avoiding such derailments and paid sick leave. It will be interesting to find out later if this was sabotage or if the train legitimately was in that bad disarray that it shouldn't have been running in the first place. The family of Tyree Nichols has filed an urgent appeal to the United Nations requesting action regarding the torture and extrajudicial killing of Nichols. Today, we filed an urgent appeal before the United Nations asking it to condemn the tragic killing of Tyree Nichols to to demand transparency from the local department and to demand that Officer Preston Hemphill and all officers that participated in the incident are criminally charged. According to the United Nations, urgent appeals are used to seek intervention to cease the violation of loss of life, life life-threatening situations, or imminent or ongoing damage of a grave nature. The goal is to ensure that state authorities intervene or prevent a human rights violation as quickly as possible. Um, while I think Tyree's, or Tyler, if you're Joe Biden's, death was tragic and does deserve punishment, we have a system here for that judgment and punishment. Reaching out to a foreign body, blue hats, mind you, to intervene is just a bridge too far, I'm afraid. Cannot get on board with that. Do you feel like you're in an episode of The Wizard of Oz right now? Because I do. Trains and asteroids and UFOs. Oh my! Pay no mind to the man behind the curtain. A high altitude object was shot down near Lake Huron on Sunday afternoon, marking the fourth time in just over a week that the United States military has taken down objects in North American airspace. On Saturday, an unidentified object was downed over northern Canada a day after another object had been shot down over Alaska airspace by a U.S. F-22. Last weekend, a Chinese surveillance balloon was taken down by F-22s off the coast of South Carolina. There's no indication at this point that the unidentified objects have any connection to China's surveillance balloon, but it seems that national security officials across the continent remain on edge. The object was first detected by the North American Aerospace Defense Command and the U.S. Northern Command over Montana on Saturday night, and fighter aircraft were sent to investigate. A senior administration official at the time said that planes did not identify any object to correlate to the radar hits, which led NORAD and NORTHCOM to believe it was an anomaly. 
But on Sunday, defense officials reacquired the radar contact and detected the object flying over Wisconsin and then Michigan. The path of the object and its altitude raised concerns that it could pose a threat to civilian aircraft, but it did not pose a military threat to anyone on the ground, the official said. President Joe Biden ordered the object to be shot down. Prior to the takedown of the object near Lake Huron, a U.S. official said there had been caution inside the Biden administration on the pilot descriptions of the unidentified objects shot down over Alaska and Canada due to the circumstances in which the objects were viewed. These objects did not closely resemble and were much smaller than the PRC balloon, and we will not definitively characterize them until we can recover the debris which we are working on. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told ABC News on Sunday morning that he was briefed by the White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and that the object shot down over Canada was likely another balloon, as was the high-altitude object downed over Alaska on Friday. On Saturday, Canada's Chief of Defense Staff General Wayne Eyre also made mention of a balloon when describing instructions given to the team that worked to take down the object. The unidentified object that was shot down in Canadian airspace has been tracked since Friday, according to a statement from the Pentagon. The object was detected by NORAD and two F-22 fighter jets from Joint Base Elmendorf, Richardson, Alaska, were sent up to monitor the object with the help of the Alaska Air National Guard. Biden and Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau both approved the shootdown on Saturday, according to a statement from the White House. Um, the formal statement said President Biden authorized U.S. fighter aircraft assigned to NORAD to conduct the operation, and a U.S. F-22 shot down the object in Canadian territory in close coordination with Canadian authorities. The leaders discussed the importance of recovering the object in order to determine more details on its purpose or origin. The U.S. military is still working to recover debris from the balloon on the ocean floor. Writers said Friday they have located a significant amount of debris so far that will prove helpful to our further understanding of this balloon and its surveillance capabilities. Notably, The U.S. intelligence community's method to track China's fleet of surveillance balloons was only discovered within the last year. The findings have allowed the U.S. to develop a consistent technical method for the first time, which they have used to track the balloons in near real time across the globe. It just makes me wonder how many times have these guys flown balloons overhead that went undetected? Honestly, one of the worst things that Joe Biden could have done is let that balloon travel, detected, and tracked all the way across the country. He has implied that our airspace is open for Chinese balloon business, or worse, the aliens are finally coming. I don't know which one. Realistically, though, this makes me also wonder what is being done with the other hand anytime the government allows something like this to make the news and become sensationalized. I'm reminded of Magic 101, Misdirection. Oh, look over here at my hand with the rabbit in the hat. Meanwhile, I'm slipping the two of hearts into your back pocket while you're watching the rabbit. 
The death toll and the devastating earthquake that hit parts of Turkey and Syria almost a week ago is nearing 35,000 lives, as hope of finding more survivors in the rubble is shrinking by the day. The 7.8 magnitude earthquake struck the region last week. Rescue missions have been hampered by freezing temperatures and aftershocks over the past week. Turkey authorities said that 29,605 people have been killed in the country as the confirmed death toll in Syria has raised to 3,576. The United Nations top emergency relief official arrived to the Turkey-Syria border over the weekend and tweeted that people in the northwest Syria feel abandoned. We have so far failed the people in northwest Syria, he tweeted. They rightly feel abandoned, looking for international help that hasn't arrived. My duty and our obligation is to correct this failure as fast as we can. That's my focus now. The Syrian Civil Defense Group, also known as the White Helmets, ended their search and rescue operations on Friday and said that the death toll will likely climb higher. The group will now start search and recovery operations. The United Nations arrived in the region last Thursday for the first time since the earthquake hit, and Guy Peterson, UN Special Envoy to Syria, said Thursday that the organization will send aid to northern Syria through Turkey and Damascus. The World Health Organization announced Friday that it will be sending health supplies to reach 400,000 people in the Turkey and Syria region. World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said on Sunday that the organization has sent 110 tons of medical supplies to the region and a flight is scheduled to Damascus Sunday night with more supplies. I mean, at some point, the gravy train runs out and other people have to pick up the workload. We are the United States of Ukraine. They get all of our money. You other countries need to come to terms with that and seek financial assistance elsewhere. Uh, Do you guys remember when it was announced that AOC was being investigated, but they didn't tell us why? Well, we still don't know why, but newly released campaign finance records show that AOC is one of at least four House members who paid a Chinese newspaper thousands of dollars in campaign funds last year. A Chinese newspaper that the DOJ just so happens to have forced to register as a foreign agent. It just so happens. According to those filings from the FEC, AOC paid Tsingtao newspapers almost $1,500 to run advertisements for her campaign during the 2022 midterms. I'll be honest with you guys, like, I really don't think that's a big deal. $1,500, local newspaper, she's probably paying all of the local newspapers, and, you know, maybe she was trying to get the message out to the Chinese-American community. Um, Though the most recognizable name out of the group AOC was far from the only one. Elsewhere in the House of Representatives, Grace Ming, Nicole Mayatakis, and Kevin Mullen also reportedly paid the Chinese newspaper between $1,000 and $7,000 each to run similar ads for their respective midterm campaigns leading up to last November. Singtao U.S., is a subsidiary of a Hong Kong-based Singtao News Corporation. And according to 
Fox News, the Chinese newspaper outlet was reportedly classified as a foreign agent by the Justice Department in August of 2021. For those of you keeping score at home, that time frame was a considerable amount of time before the run-up to the 2022 midterms. In fact, it was more than a full year prior. Singtao's U.S. operations also reportedly include a number of newspapers in New York City, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, in addition to a radio station based out of Burlingame, California. Although the media company has insisted that it is free from the Chinese Communist Party's influence, it has been classified as both a foreign agent and a pro-Beijing outlet. As tensions between Washington and Beijing continue to rise over the territorial status of the island nation of Taiwan, Democratic House Rep, AOC, who was elected by the House to the House by the New York 14th Congressional District, covering parts of Brooklyn and the Bronx, is already under investigation by the House Ethics Committee. Although it still remains unclear what prompted the investigation and what the probe is in connection to. So, while it's unclear whether the investigation is actually connected to AOC allegedly paying a Chinese foreign agent to help her with her 2022 midterm re-election, the 33-year-old New York congresswoman is fully participating with the ongoing probe. That is your Monday edition of everything yesterday this morning. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I hope you made some money off the Super Bowl yesterday, and I will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks. Have a great day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.